The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A Thursday is upon us. It is warm all across the upper Midwest. And PJ Conrad joins us with trade-offs. That kind of seems to be the theme. Everybody you talk to is how warm what the heat index is across the Midwest. You know, the last, what, two days have been extremely hot, and the, and the next two look extremely hot as well. Sunday, I think, or Saturday, Sunday, looks like it's going to start cooling down, but we've had some really opportune and, and surprisingly pop-up showers that have happened the last you know week here or so. Monday, Tuesday, had some stuff pop up in Nebraska, and that carried into Iowa uh, yesterday as well. So some surprising parts there due to how we just had the heat. I think the market would be a lot more excited, but you throw the heat on it and some rain too. And you know, a lot of this crops behind most years we'd be pollinating right now. Uh, the, the crops behind though, barely shooting tassels in Nebraska. I think they said 17% tasseled in Nebraska. That being said, maybe this heat's actually helping it along since we got the rains too, and maybe get it caught back up a little bit. Does the grains have markets have any concerns about the delay that we've seen in this pollination stage? I don't think not today. I mean, I think that's and I think go back to you go back to say ninety three or ninety five, and people have referenced those years of being somewhat similar. Um, we had July sell offs, and so I think the crops can get better or look better from the road before it gets worse again. At least now, I mean, the next week looks like it's going to get back to the mid eighties. Uh, get down to the mid-60s at night. So we're going to have some pretty darn nice corn-growing weather moving forward, and rain's coming back into the forecast as well, which at this point, uh, barring a 9- to 10-inch rain, really your low spots are drowned out anyways. So might as well keep raining now and keep this thing going. So I think that's what trade's looking at, saying demand's been bad. The demand bears came in today, pushed corn down 11 uh, or 4.30 in the D's. Been a pretty big support level from here to 420, so we'll see what that brings. But we did break below the 50-day moving average at 431 and close below that. So moving forward, I guess, you know, do we go back and try to test that low from about a month ago? I guess you could definitely see that. I don't think that'd be out of the question. Um, do we go further on that? I think that's kind of the question. I think long-term, you still got to go back and say we did have a lot of acres not planted. And, and somebody at the USDA kind of mentioned 7 to $8 million on corn and 1 to $2 million on beans. Uh, who knows, but obviously the markets don't care about that today. They're focused on weather and growing the crop we have out there, and, and the conditions have really played out fairly well compared to what we thought Sunday night. You know, and that really compares to what we saw yesterday because it was all about that pro-farmer comments yeah. along with that other report that came out from the firm that took the aerial photos of so yeah. many crops. It is, and I think they what they call yield you know, mid-150s or so, that aerial company, I, you know, you can't argue that. The yield number is moving. Uh, it's a moving target because we don't know. And there's going to be a lot of uncertainty between now and August 12th. So it's like the, the longs, you know, how, how willing are they to stand in here in the face of a pullback? You know, we've had a 30 cent pullback this week. Uh, Sunday night, you know, it felt like we were going to five bucks. And today it feels like we're going to four. So that's kind of the fun part in these markets. You know, you just don't know where it's going to take us because everything seemed too obvious for it to go higher. But I think when you start looking at demand, and how poor it's been, and we're I think you know, about roughly seventeen percent behind uh, where we were a, a year ago on shipments and everything, and then just demand as a whole has really slipped. And so I think that's kind of the concern: is if we have a decent crop and demand's bad, what's that do to carry out? It's probably not two billion, but could it be better 
than what we thought a month ago. And I think that's the, you know it's a futures market, so we might have had baked in you know a billion bushel carryout when we were at four seventy, and today maybe we have a one five in. You know, that's the the question we don't know the answer to today. Come to harvest where I know a lot more, and we'll know a lot more come August twelfth as well. There's going to be a lot of pressure going into that August 12th report. I mean, we're already sitting at the 18th of July, so that report's going to come up pretty quick. It is, and as fast as this month has gone, I can't imagine how fast it will be August 12th. And that will help get some of the uncertainty out of the way as far as what are acres, what are yield. Um, do they adjust yield again? I mean, they took a pretty big hack off in that June report and didn't touch it in July. I think uh, acres will definitely be changed on this august report i believe that is the one that they will have the new surveyed acreage number uh correct me if i'm wrong there but i do believe that's the truth and so that's the number we'll pretty much go off of until january so then it just comes down to yield game which we'll know a lot more about and especially if you we start pollinating pretty hard in the next two three weeks unless weather changes a lot i mean could be pretty ideal weather in a late planted year so i think that's what trades discounting any kind of uh news today due to lack of demand and also prospects of better yield you know you talk lack of demand and exports were called a disappointment they really were um you flip over the exports they have been really the last month or so and i think that obviously higher prices south america has plenty on hand um and that's going to put pressure on us you know, respective to date, what we're down on corn, about 359 million bushels, 15%, and the same with soybeans, uh, down 15% as well. And I mean, it looks like probably on that August report, they're going to cut export from 75 to 100 million bushels is what I've read. And I think that'll be the big thing as we move forward. I guess we are talking to the Chinese this afternoon, and an impressive day by beans. For corn to be off 11 and beans to stand in here about unchanged, that feels like a home run victory right now. We do have a comment and a question that came from a listener. I don't know if we'll have enough time. Maybe we'll hit it when we come back. And it deals with South America. So remind me of that when we come back for part two. Soybean numbers, though, definitely some lower numbers. But are they just kind of following along with what corn has done? Yeah. I mean, I think for the most part, they're, they're in this for the ride. I think the beans are probably later planted, however our bean acres are. And so that might be the one that yield suffers more than maybe corn. Um, so why we, is corn getting more attention? more acres of it and also okay. that you know that's that's my thought there's more acres of it and also there's a story there on corn and and king corn i mean it, it just it rules the headlines while beans the only thing we know about beans is african swine flu and trade flu our trade war it just seems like that's kind of what we play off of on beans and those are both bad things i mean they've both been a fight and and bean price hanging in there the way it is i guess that like i said feels like a a short, uh, small demand. All right, well, stick around, folks. We do have more coming up. You're listening to the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. We are broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. We're going to finish talking uh, the grain side of it today with PJ Conrad of Trade Offs and Let's look at, um, we talked about exports being a disappointment for us, but uh, coffee shop talk, and a, and a producer did ask me to ask you, is why is South America so quiet? Usually this time of year, we are, as you and I were talking during the commercial break, we hear a lot of talk of South America, not this year. No, obviously been a lot quieter. You just don't hear their projections as much or how harvest is going. And I think probably a combination of things, um, but also we have a bigger story in the U.S. now than we have had the last five years. 
And so, you know, the, the news kind of seems to find a way to whatever is sparking the most attention. And so I guess most years you're thinking the crop looks pretty darn good or last five has looked pretty darn good by and large. And so flip over to something else that maybe could be bullish. And where now we got a bullish story here in the U.S. and maybe bearish depending on what side of the camp you're on. It, it's uh, as, as uh, divided as politics are. It seems like the bulls and bears are equally divided right now. And it's kind of fun to watch the banter back and forth on Twitter. But I would agree South America has been quiet. Uh, they've been exporting more. Um, beans are behind for everybody. So that it, some of that probably relies back on trade war, like you had said, as far as are they trying to hide maybe a little what they have um, in hopes of, of things turn around there. And I do think it's interesting to note, too, uh, Russia did kind of come out and say they're going to invest a ton of their money into infrastructure to work on their export program for grains. And so you're starting to see some of these other countries perk their head up. Now, is that due to trade war? Uh, is that due to just developing nations more so and understanding how profitable that sector of the world can be. I don't know, but it is fun to watch this stuff turn up and also what that does to the U.S. farm economy moving forward. Are we going to have better basis or exciting basis coming up in the next couple months? Yeah, that's the best we've had in five years. I think you're starting to see, well, about six, seven years, actually go back to the summer of 2013. You're starting to see that basis kind of maybe soften just a touch. Um, there's been a lot of people looking for October, November corn, asking, you know, what's it take to buy that today? Sounds like rail got a little bit weaker midweek. Um, I think a lot of that's due to same type of deal. Either you think the crop's there or you don't. And so either way, if you're a commercial elevator and you're sitting there with a bunch of length, if you have a bunch of corn bought, you're going to sell something because we're at the highest basis levels we've seen for this time of year in, in six years. So they're looking at it from a risk management standpoint, and the farmer's not wanting to sell anything because... He doesn't know what he's going to have. I mean, if you do have a good crop, then you're probably you're selling into this rally now too. So even in the face of a you know sixty or thirty cent pullback this week, you could probably throw a stick out there and, and sell four forty corn pretty easy anywhere in central Nebraska. So that's you know really encouraging. And I think it's all perspective. Four months ago, people would have given their left arm to sell four forty. Now today, you hear everything that's going on out east. And locally, we're having our own issues in Nebraska and spots. But I do think you got to keep your head on from a, a risk management standpoint and understand that these are kind of good wake-up calls to have 30-cent pullbacks in a week from the standpoint things don't need to go straight up, and they won't unless you're in a really like a 2012 situation. But we're not there. We don't have that problem. We have a problem out there, but it's not. It's, it's so supply-driven, not demand-driven. I guess that's the biggest takeaway, I think, is – if you got stuff in the bin, you can't hold it forever. You know, if you're short cropped, completely understand holding it. But if you know you have a decent crop coming at you, take advantage of what you've waited for because this is why you put it in the bin, and it worked out for you pretty fantastic this year. Let's jump over to the livestock side, cattle markets. Some say we're kind of lacking or limited some long-term direction for them, and to throw in a cattle on feed report as well tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, let's see how much we can throw at it, right? The nice part, I mean, we've chopped around here. You know, August cattle, one was seven twenty, down about a dollar on the day. And where do we go from here? The moving averages sit back there at like one eleven, one twelve. I think we could get a pop back to those at some point, which actually would be some of the higher prices we've seen since about mid-April. Um, we put that low in at one oh two, call it, and bounced off it pretty successfully. So as long as we stay above the fifty-day moving average at one oh six. I would think at some point we just need a bullish spark to push us back to that 111, 112 type numbers. And then you got to start looking at, you know, what profitability is for you and, and look at locking some in. Cash cattle, are we going to wait till after the cattle line feed report tomorrow? 
I'd sure think so. It feels that way. I mean, wait and see how that comes out and what direction they think the board's going to go and get something to trade cash wise. Uh, it's always fun when we got those coming out, you know, post close of the markets, but we'll see what it brings. And hopefully, if you're a cattle, if you're a feedlot guy out there, hopefully you're battling this heat all right and you're not uh, losing any cows because of it. Yeah, definitely so. And on the other side, the hogs, uh, what are your thoughts on how they've been kind of trading today? You know, the hogs have just been a fun one. It's it's funny because I think in the back of your head you keep thinking they should go higher just because everything's going on. And, and China's prices on them have definitely went up. Um, you know, as far as where we go from here, it'd be nice to see this thing really take off and jump because it give cattle a bolt too. But today it's hard to say it's going to happen. It, it feels like everything just wants to stay under a little bit of pressure. And, and moving forward, that's what you're seeing grains too until we get some clarity on what's going to come out in that August 12th report. We're probably going to be choppy to lower. All right, sounds good. You can catch PJ on Trading Bits and Bites uh, coming up yet on Friday. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Uh, you can call us at 402-858-7501, or you can find us online at gotradeos.com. And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.